0: The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, uh, verse 1, the Bible says that in the days of Eli, that the word of the Lord was rare, because there was no open vision, An open vision is when you are awake, and suddenly you see or experience the divine. It is not the same as when you are asleep and you have dreams of angels or dreams of the divine. But an open vision is really where an angel come into your space, into your personal reality. Now the fact that the word of God was rare does not mean that the word of God was scarce. A rarity and scarcity is not the same word. But rarity speaks about the kabot of the word, the weightiness, the preciousness, the depth of the word of the Lord. And I believe that in these days, we are living in that day and in that season where the word of God is rare. It's like a rare diamond or a rare precious jewel. And it is the whole reason why there are not so much open visions like it was in the days of old. Because the ultimate is to have the rarity of the word. It is where the word can speak to you. It's where the word itself, himself can give you direction. It is like the dripping of the honey from the honeycomb. The sweetness of the word. There was never a time in Israel's history where the word was so strong. So deep. But the opposite is also true, that there was not a time when the priests were so wicked or so lackadaisical. It was during that time where the sons of Eli, Phineas and Phineas and Hophni, where they defiled the, the offering and the sacrifice of the Lord. They slept with women at the temple doors. And they did not find that there was anything wrong with it. The word of God was rare, precious, thick, weighty, was dripping. But there were priests administering in the house of God whose hearts have become careless. During that time, there was a woman that was barren. And I want today relate to you. Just remind you about three women that were barren. Couldn't get babies. One was Sarah, and we'll speak about her later. The other was Hannah, praying in the temple of the Lord that God will give her a son. God gave her that son, Samuel. And the Bible speaks about how Hannah made a promise to God that she will give the son back to him. She had too much shame. You cannot imagine the shame of a barren woman. It it is something that is profound. It is something that cannot be comforted. She said to the Lord, If only you show the people that I can get pregnant. If only you can show the people that there is nothing wrong with my womb. I will give that back to you. She made a promise to God The thing she wanted the most. Lord, if you can give it to me, I will give it back to you. And we are talking about how we have made promises unto the Lord. Lord, if you will just do this to me. If you will just help me to pass matric. If you just help me to get through this test, I will do this. Lord, if you give me a job, I will will sow money in your kingdom. But people have not kept their promises unto the Lord. In a time where the word of God was rich. In a time where the word of God was precious. In a time where the word of God came to you week after week. Wave after wave. And and you said, oh, how deep is the word. Oh, how we love the word. But the people are not responding to the word. The people are not showing that the word has touched their hearts. You cannot just say amen. You cannot just say hallelujah. Because faith without works is dead. If you stay in your sin for three years, then the word has done you nothing. The word has not helped you. It might help the person next to you. You've heard the same thing. But you, you are unmovable. You are like a rock. Nothing can move me. I just want to hear how blessed I I am. How God will prosper me and enlarge me and increase me. I want to hear the good things about the gospel. Don't come and talk to me about sin and transgression and iniquity. You see, people want to make the gospel of Christ a nice gospel. People want to make the, the gospel of Christ one that will not offend people. But I want to tell you today, saints of God, that this gospel cannot be changed to fit into society. It is not made to fit in. It is not made to conform. But it is made to transform the lives of sinners. It is made, this gospel is given so that sinners and transgressors might come to repentance. Repentance has become a word that has now been made taboo all over social media don't talk about repentance talk about the love of god talk about the grace and the mercy of god and this is how transgressors twist and pervert the word of god they use god's love and mercy so that they can continue in their sin these are days where god wants serious believers to rise up jesus said matthew 10 i have not come to send peace on the earth but i have come to set a man at variance against his father a daughter against the mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law the people of a man's own household will become his foes if you do not love me more than you love your father your mother If you do not love me more as you love your child, you are not worthy of me. Sometimes we put our relationships ahead of of Jesus. We love our children more. We love our husbands, our wives, our things, our homes, our houses, our cars. We love it more than we love Him. You won't hear people preach messages like this. They say, no, those messages are for the 1960s. No, these are days where we must live a a repentant life. A A life where we say, Lord, search me. Lord, that I might have no spot, no wrinkle, no blemish before you. These are days where people just go to church to ease their conscience. These are days where they want to feel good. Ah, I've gone to church. I've done my reasonable duty before the Lord. Hophni and Phinehas, Eli, in the day where the word of God was rare and precious and thick. In the midst of that, there was a barren woman called Hannah. And she kept her promise unto the Lord. She did not go to the temple she did not go to the house of the Lord because she said, I will not appear before the Lord empty-handed. I have made a promise. I have made a vow. There was an oath. There was a covenant that I will give this child back to you. And when she came after five years, she said to Eli, here is the son that I will le- I will borrow it to the Lord. Here's 60 years old. God gives you a son. You give it back to the Lord after five years. After you've weaned the child. This is how we keep promises. This is the promise that must be in our hearts. Scripture says that you have not strove against sin till blood. You have not bled yet, saints, in keeping God's promises. You have not bled yet. You've gone through all kinds of pain and suffering. Sometimes you didn't have money in your your pockets, in your accounts. But you have not bled yet in upholding the righteous cause. You were not in such a fix yet that you couldn't breathe, that you fainted. Where you said in your heart, I will not relent. I will not turn away from the Lord. You have not been there. You've not lost your mind yet. It is a word that, that must be preached, that people must hear. You know the story. The Lord called Samuel. He didn't you know, know it was the Lord. Second time, Samuel went to, to Eli. Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Eli said, when you hear that voice again, say, Lord, and this is the emphasis of the message. When you hear your, the voice of the Lord, or that voice say, "Speak, Lord, your servant year." When you say, "Speak, Lord, your servant years, you are saying, "Whatever is loosed in heaven shall be loosed on earth." You give authority for the word of God to come and transform your life. You are making yourself available. To that word. To the seed of the word. To come and incubate in your soul. So that you will become pregnant. So that you will become expectant. When you say speak Lord. This is what happened to Mary. In the book of Luke chapter 1. The angel of the Lord came to her. After the angel of the Lord spoke to a man in the temple name was Zechariah said to Zechariah that your prayers have come before the Lord after decades there was a man and a woman that prayed Lord heal us from our barrenness we cannot die without a child give us a child day and night they have prayed this prayer so long that they have forgotten about the prayer in their old age And here, standing in the presence of the Lord, an angel comes to him. He sees the angel in the temple of the Lord. The angel gives him good salutations that his prayers have been heard. And that his wife shall conceive. When Zacharias heard the promise of the Lord, he pulled his breath through his teeth and said, Can God do this? At my age. Can God do this. While I am in the position. That I am in. Does God not know that my wife is barren. Does God not know that we live in a wilderness. Does God not know that. All around me nothing grows. And the angel of the Lord. Heard the sigh in him. The angel of the Lord heard the unbelief. And the doubt in him. Without words, the angel of the Lord knew. Many times we are like that. We don't say, ah, I don't believe. Sometimes we come, we go, but we don't expect it to happen or, or things to change. And the angel of the Lord struck him with dumbness and he said, you will not speak because if you speak, you will abort the promises of God. If you speak, you will twist and pervert the truth of God. If you speak, you will cause transgression to come upon your lips. And that which God has promised will be made null and void because of your unbelieving voice. So let me rather strike you with dumbness. The only way that you will speak will be through sign language. And so he came out of the temple. The people got worried because he was so long in the temple. Priests don't stay so long in the temple. They thought that God killed him. And finally he came out and he motioned to the people. And the people could see the fear on his face. And they knew that an open vision happened in the temple. There are times when open visions will come. But when open visions, when I was young, I said, Lord, a young young believer, I said, Lord, if I can only see an angel, my heart will be satisfied. That was my prayer when I was young. But as I grew older, I said, Lord, forget those prayers. Because when you see some of the angels of God, you will be struck with terror, dread, trepidation, awe. It's not a good thing, it's not good for your flesh. But when angels come, they come with good news. Gabriel, the angel, the man of God, he's given that name because he, re, he bears the resemblance, the face of a man. There's an angel and, a, and his clan that bears the face of an ox. There's angels with horns. It's not the devil that carries the horns. Because horn speaks about authority. There was the ram that was caught in the thicket. When Abram was about to offer up Isaac, the horns, the authority was caught in the ticket, symbolizing that in the future, the one with the horns, the one with the authority, the, the bull, the strong one, will be caught in the ticket of the religious people and they will crucify him. There are angels that has a face of an eagle, the face of a man, the face of an ox, And so these divine beings, it's better for us not to see them. Because our understanding has not been enlightened yet. What we need is the word of God. When it comes that we will say, speak Lord, your servant here. The word here is the Hebrew word Shama. It's the Greek word Hupakuo. And it's it's connected to the English word obedience. It simply means that you submit yourself to the speaking of that word. It says that you come under the word. Upa, under. And you you give your neck and say, Lord, it is not my will. My will is to go this way, but if you say that way, I am giving my neck to you. Can you say amen? Amen. Are you still with me this morning? Hallelujah. And so, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is my mom's second name. Elizabeth means the oath, means an overflow. And God could not let Elizabeth go barren because out of Elizabeth's womb will come John the Baptist who would be the forerunner of Jesus. If John the Baptist would be alive in our day, he would preach for three days and they would execute him. Because John the Baptist was a man that preached repentance and the coming of the kingdom. And our people must prepare their hearts to receive their king. Not their friend, their king, their Lord, their Adonai. We've made Jesus the baby Jesus of Christmas. We've put him in pictures of Cupid. But no, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of all lords. When you see, he, you will hear, Behold the lamb that was slain, that will take away the son of the world. But when you look, you will see a lion. You will see the lion of the tribe of Judah, a conquering lion. You won't see the lion that brings fear and intimidation. Because the apostle Peter says, Be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. There's another face of an an angel. Seeking whom he may devour. The devil's plan is to devour people. To give them everything. To put them in his mouth. So everyone can hear you propagate your name. But in the end, he will spit you out. Where he has no need for you anymore. He's a devouring lion. But Jesus is the conquering lion. Amen? Speak, Lord, your servant here. That must be our heart, saints. That must be our posture. I hear, Lord. I'm listening. There are many times when, when we know too much. Many times when we plan. But we don't allow the purpose of God to prevail. Isn't that what the scripture says? Many are the plans in a man's heart. And we heard it this morning. You can get something, a house, a car, a wife, a boyfriend. But if that thing is not in the will of God, it will be the greatest hell in this life. We have to be sure that especially the, the big decisions that we make in life are decisions that will bless us. Amen. And so here's the story of the record of the angel of the Lord. Elizabeth fell pregnant. And I said, my mom's second name is Elizabeth. My wife's second name is Mary. <laughs> Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. You think God has got a sense of humor? <laughs> we were bound to meet some way or another. The Lord said, Elizabeth and Mary can't be in such clo- close proximity Then there is no man in between them. And so the Lord Pointed at me. This Mary told me that we were still staying in a neighborhood called Jerusalem. We were staying in a neighborhood (laughs) called Jerusalem. And her auntie stayed just diagonal behind us. And she went to go and visit her auntie every week. And the other auntie stayed in the next street. And so she would, she would stop at the first auntie and then walk past our house to go to the other auntie. And she told me that she saw us playing soccer every day. And she saw us with the doves. But she said it like this, I saw short guys playing soccer there. When you think about it, The divine intentions of God. You can look at your own life as well. Nothing has happened haphazardly. God has ordered your steps. God has caused light to shine on your dark places. Because God wants to get glory out of your life. God wants people that when they think about you, when they look at you, when they talk about you, they must say God is good. They must say God is an awesome God. You have to believe that God has intention and purpose for your life. Amen. Here we see it in a, in a manger. Here we see it in Jerusalem, in a small church, that the intentions of God are so thick and precious. The angel of the Lord came to Mary and he said to Mary, Blessed art thou of God, highly favored one, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. The sixth month of what? The sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. The sixth month of a woman that was barren, who now became pregnant. You see you see the connections? There was Hannah, barren. She became pregnant. The emphasis there is the promise. God promised. She promised back. God said, I will bless you. She said, I will bless you back. God said, I will give unto you. She said, I will also give. That's the relationship that we must have with our father. Amen. God said, I will heal you. You say, God, I will go and heal somebody else. God said, I will prosper you. You say, God, I will go and prosper and help somebody else. And then Elizabeth became pregnant. And now everything is juxtaposed. Here are two grannies that became pregnant. I hope this word is not so strong (laughs) that, that grannies start to fall pregnant. Because you know, when you preach the word, The word always manifests in some way or another. So don't say amen, grannies. Hallelujah. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God, sent apostello, going with divine orders. When God sends someone, something, nothing can change the sending grace of God. If that person do not want to receive the sent word, God will just go next door. Because the Bible says, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and makes the earth to bring forth and bud, so is my word that comes out of my mouth. That word will make things happen. If you don't want to receive that word, if you don't want to receive the intentions and purposes of God, God will go next door. Because the time is ticking. And time is running out. And God cannot wait for people to make up their minds. God will use another available vessel. Are you available, my brother? Are you making yourself available for God to use you? You don't know how long you have to live. We've heard of innocent people who died the last couple of weeks. Young people. They had plans for their 60th birthday while they were still 30 years old, 27 years old, but they died young. They still had plans how they will bless God and how they will work for the Lord and how they will become a blessing, but they died prematurely. We live in a world that is infested with sin, infested with death, and God is calling people to heed the voice of the Lord. When he said, Samuel, you have to put your name in there, Leon. You must say, yes, Lord. Leon is listening. Leon is humbling himself. Speak, Lord. When you are in that position, God will speak to you awesome things. God will speak to you secret, mysterious things that he does not speak just to the casual inquirer. This virgin was espoused or engaged or betrothed. To a man whose name was Joseph. And he was of the house of David. Which means that he was of the kingly lineage. And the virgin's name was Mary. When you were espoused or betrothed. In the Jewish tradition. You were engaged a year before the marriage. Ah, People do it. Now as well. But there was a dowry. There was a bride price. and, And many times it would be longer than a year. Because the. The child, the teenager would be too small to go into marriage. Sometimes the man would take the teenage bride. But in the case of Joseph, Joseph did not knew Mary after Christ was born. And it's all there in the scriptures. To validate the purity, to validate the innocence of Mary. Listen to verse 28 of Luke 1. And the angel came in unto her. Another translation says, the angel came unto her. But this is the accurate rendering. And people use this accurate rendering to distort and twist what it really means. When it means it came in, you put a comma there, means he came into her reality. Like the word of God must come into your reality. Into your soul, the depth of your soul. How oh, you must give the word of God access to come in. You know how people can close themselves off. You must have experienced that. You hug them, how you doing? But you feel they are closed off. I feel it. I sense it with you all the time. How oh, you A Merry Christmas. <laughs> but you have closed yourself off. I do that. It is not something that strange. It just means that. I need a little bit more time to get into your space. You need to trust me to open up so that I can come in. Now Mary had this about her where the space around her was always open for the divine. The space around her was always conducive to receive the divine. And I'm not going to get to all of that. But you will see how Mary, after she's heard the word, after she has said, Be it unto me according to your word. How this young woman of 15, 14 years old, how she quoted what Hannah said, how she quoted what Elizabeth said, what the psalmist and the prophet said, because the word of God dwelt richly within a young girl. Within a teenager. Lord bring back those days. Lord bring back the days. When teenagers can quote the word. When teenagers can rightly divide. The word of truth. Lord bring back the days. Where our adults can speak. As the oracles of God. Because the word of God. Dwells richly within them. Hallelujah. I'm a propagator of God's word. I'm not concerned about entertainment i'm not concerned about the masses about fame and fortune if there's one thing that i do it is to propagate this word of god and i pray is that our people will love the word more than they love the preacher that they will love the word more than they will love their church that they will love the word more than they will love their brother their sister their child their father their daughter that they would love the word more the word of god must move people people must say lord speak your servant here hallelujah he came in unto her inner space and unto her and he gave her these salutations and said hail thou that are highly favored it's one thing to be favored But I want to be highly favored in this season. God highly favored this woman, this young girl. She kept herself chaste and pure before the Lord. She was not found in gossips. She was not found in slanders. She was not found in mockings, in revelings. She was not found in all kinds of worldly things. But she kept herself chaste before the Lord. Will we have those pure virgins those pure girls that keeps themselves pure before the Lord? Will we have those pure girls that said, a man will not touch my body if he has not promised to marry me, if he has not stood before God and witnesses? Where are the young men that will keep themselves pure, that will not conform to the patterns of this world, that will not feel that they are left out because they have not had sex with a lady before they were married? Where are they? We are calling for young men and women to keep themselves pure and unto marriage. Because this is holy. This is the law of God. This is how God has intended it. You cannot say that you are a worshiper of God. You cannot say that you are a Christian, but you sleep around. Today, Christians are all kinds of sinners. They call themselves Christians. Adulterous. I'm a Christian. Hip-hop artists whose mouths are filled with all kinds of foul words and and swearing and cursing call themselves Christians. They win an award and they say, I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ. You don't listen to them. You don't follow men like that. Debase, evil, wicked men. Today, everyone, the, the corrupt, they call themselves Christians. They go to church and they think because they wear a tie, they are a Christian. The word and the term Christian has just become relative. Relative means you have your own interpretation of the word. Hallelujah. You won't hear a lot of people say I'm a son of God. There's too much responsibility attached to that. There's too much scrutiny. There's too much observations that will come upon you when you say son of God. Came in unto her and said, hail thou. Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Did you see that? She was not troubled at the angel. You can look at all the other accounts. All the other men of God. When the angel came, they were troubled. They fell down. They had no strength in them. Even Daniel, when he saw Gabriel at the river Chabah, He could not stand. But here a young woman, Filled with the word, She stood at his appearance. The only thing that troubled her, Was his salutation. Was the words that he spoke. She inclined her ear. She stretched out her neck. Did you say I am highly favored? Did you say that God is with me? She could handle the divine. Because a life was one that was wholly given unto God. Today the divine won't come to us. Because we are too crooked and twisted and worldly. And lukewarm and bland. We don't know if you are saved or not. If you want the real deal, stop the gimmicks. Amen. She was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. Not, Do not fear at me. Do not fear at the weight of these words. Have you ever heard the word of the Lord so strong and so weighty that in your mind you also cast in your mind. It's like you cast a net or you cast a fishing rod you try and catch the right thing and try and interpret it properly where you say, Lord, this cannot be. Huh? You, I, I've heard that many times where I said, Lord, this is, this is not for our generation. This is not for my time, Lord. Hey? But there is the command of fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Hallelujah. Saints, we must find favor with God. Forget about getting a hundred likes on Facebook. Forget about getting a thousand followers on Twitter, on Instagram. If there's favor that we must get, is to get the favor of God. Because men can smile at you today, tomorrow. They will talk all kinds of foolish things about you. You know how it is in this life. Don't put your trust in horses. Do not put your trust in men, but put your trust in God. Amen. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. If conception was disregarded, the angel would not have mentioned it. It shows you that life starts at conception. Not at two months old, or when there's a heartbeat, or when the heart is formed. No, life starts at conception. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus all women that had miscarriages, God will give you and bless you with the opportunity to raise your child in heaven. Because the moment that child was conceived in your womb was the moment that child had purpose. That child did not disappear into thin air. Scripture says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before that child came in the womb of a a woman, that child was in the mind and the intentions of God. Some of you will raise other people's children that never experienced the love of a father and the love of a mother. That have never experienced true family. So prepare yourselves, women of God. Prepare yourself because heaven will not just be a place of lying under a tree and eating apples the whole day. No, heaven is a functional place. Heaven is a place of industry. Hallelujah. You will go there because you are needed. If you are not in heaven, you will know you are not needed there. Your sin and transgression has kept you out. Hallelujah. Let me finish here. The word conceived is the Greek word sulambano. That's the name I'm going to give my next child, sulambano. It means to seize, to arrest, capture. It means to take one as a prisoner. I I have the picture of when you stand before the judge and the judge pronounces you guilty, that the police officers come and they take you. You cannot resist it. Because the judgment has been given already. You cannot say, give me another chance. No, the court was in session. But now the court is not in session. The gavel went down. And so, they will come and take you to the place where you need to go. And your feet will willingly go. That's what the word sulambano means. It means to be taken To be taken means that you are taken captive. You you become the prisoner of the one that takes you. We must become the prisoner of God's words. We must become the captive of the word of God. We must say, Lord, come and jail me with your word. Let your word detain me. If I want to go all over and to be seen by everybody, let your word jail me right here in my secret closet. Sulambano. Sulambano is a compound word of two words. One is sun and the other is lambano. Sun, listen to this. This is what it means, all of these things. Union So when the word comes to you. Comes one with you. Then process. The word has become one with you, then it takes you to the process. Sometimes you suffer. In that process. But the word requires that you do not give up. That you do not abort the word. That you do not abort the promises. Rather mute yourself. Rather muzzle yourself. Rather say nothing than aborting the promises. Union promises. Number three, possession. When the word dwells in you so long it possesses you. People can be possessed by devils. You can be possessed by the word of God. It is a good thing to be possessed by God's word. And then it ends up in completeness. It manifests in something that is tangible. Union, process, possession, and completeness. It's a message on its own. It's the first part of the word sulambano. And the second part we've said is to take, lay hold of, not in the sense of presenting Something It's not a gift. No, we take you. We come, the police, they come and knock at your door. You haven't paid your speeding fines. We come and we take you. We put you in the van, and then you call a friend, and then you pay your TV fines. True faith, Sarah, the other one that was barren, great woman of God. Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. You need strength to conceive the word of God. You can't conceive when you sit at home. You can't conceive when you sit in the seat of the scornful. You can't conceive the word of the Lord when you walk in the way of the sinner. When you stand in the way of the morally impure man. You need to receive strength. You are receiving strength this morning as the word comes to you. You might not feel it with your flesh, but your soul is receiving strength to receive God's word. Amen. Someone say amen. 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 She was past the age of childbearing, but she judged him faithful who had promised, and she received strength. Those words received strength is the words lambano dunamis. We spoke about lambano dunamis is inherent power power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature hallelujah i want you to stand with me this morning